interesting. Uh, we are looking at yeah, that. And you know the best thing about tonight? There's no clock on the wall. <laughs> so everyone take your watch off. Put your phone away. <laughs> yeah, no, okay. It was worth a try, wasn't it? It was worth a try. Really was. Anyway. You know, it was uh, Monday Monday night was one of those nights where um, I had a night at home. It doesn't happen very often for me in terms of where I have something where I don't have anything on. Uh, but Monday's one of those nights and I thought, what am I going to do? And, you know, it was like um, Malachi was just put to bed and, you know, there's really not much on TV nowadays and I was, I was kind of pretty tired anyway after a big, big weekend. So I put on iHop via YouTube. International House of Prayer, that's what it stands for, IHOP, International House of Prayer. Did you know, I mean, I've known about it, but did, but did you know that the 24 worship and prayer has now been going for 21 years? 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 24-7. It's been going for 21 years. How amazing is that? There's some commitment involved in that. 24-7. You know, they are praying, they're not just praying for America, they're praying for the, the nations. And there's other satellite centers set up all over the nations to continue to keep worship and prayer happening. And, you know, they, you know, if you've got a prayer request, they send them in, they've got people praying out the back. It's just multi pronged approach. But how cool is that? Amen? I thought so. Okay. Father, we just uh, come as we come to your words, we come to this time. We don't want to just read a verse of scripture and go home and think and forget all about it. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would be moving amongst us, speaking to us, bringing revelation, insight, understanding, healing, breakthrough, encouragement, whatever is needed in Jesus' name. Yeah. Anyone had a bit of a challenging week? Okay, there's a few of us. Ever since the Lord was speaking to me about this topic, it's been a challenging week. <laughs> the raw and real. It's it means challenges. You know, onion layers get stripped back. Yeah? When you become raw and real, the onion layers get stripped back. But as they get stripped back, there's a vulnerability in you, hey? And we have to understand that in our relationships. Uh, we have to understand that. But, you know, and sometimes you just go, man, this is just too hard. <laughs> Anyone else ever said that? Yeah. It's just too hard. But then there's something in you that goes, you know what? I'm going to keep pressing on. Because the church was never meant to be the way the church is. We are seeing restoration. We are saying, we are seeing renewal. We are seeing returning. And it's not just a once-off decision. It is a continual thing that we want to see greater restoration, greater returning, greater renewal. I was led to pick this up last week, uh, this week, after what Katie shared last week. 
Who was here last week who saw what Katie said? Yeah. About being raw and real. And then the Lord added that phrase, an authentic community. The world is looking for people who are authentic. The world is looking for people who are raw and who are real. Who don't just put on their Sunday vest and turn up and do a service and then pretend everything's good and they go home again. No, 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 no. They're looking for people who are real. And we have to get to a place where we are real with God and we are real with one another. David's Psalms are real. They're real. The songs that he wrote, the Psalms that he wrote are real. At times, you know, he was just declaring his heart, oh Lord, you are my, you know, love is your dwelling place, my heart says sick your face. And at other times he's going, oh, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But there was always a but and there was always a yet. Because it was like he just let it out and then he was like, then he strengthened himself in God again. Yet I will put my hope in God. Yet, yet, yet. But they were real. And the world was looking for real. One of the things when I was speaking to Katie about on the weekend was, you know, she's down Gold Coast Tweed Headsway, is that, you know, she sees more and more people that are looking for authentic Christianity. That are looking for fellowships that are real. That are not just light, camera, action, sound, zip bang stuff. But what, but what happens when I'm going through something Monday? Is anyone going to stand with me? What happens if I actually share my heart of the struggles that's going on in my life? Is anyone still going to love me? That's for real. Amen? Yeah. And I'm hoping that we're here today. Because we want raw and real. Because that's where God is. That's where the Spirit of God begins to manifest. That's where His presence and His glory begin to break out when we roar and roar. We have to be committed. Bruce spoke about commitment. We have to be committed to seeing this happen. You know, I was reminded this, this week that the, the Word of God is a bloodline, amen? It's a bloodline. It's something that we should stand on. It's something that we should do for. Not in our own strength, in our own effort. That didn't, that didn't happen well under the old covenant. But through Christ in us, the hope of glory, through the Spirit of God at work in us and through us, we live out the Word. But this should be our standard. When stuff happens in life, this should be our standard. When we have an issue between someone, this should be our standard. When something needs resolving, this should be our standard. Amen? Yeah. Not, not doing what the world does, but being the people of God, being more real. I want to just read some scripture verses to you this morning that just talk about being raw and real. Is that okay? You with me? Yes. That's hot. You've got to stay with me. Or maybe it's just me because I jump off a tent. What? You get hot. When you worship like that, you get hot. In Galatians, we read this in chapter 6. Fan season again, so all the pages move on. Brothers and sisters, if anyone is overtaken in any 
what I'm doing. You who are spiritual, restore such a person with a gentle spirit, watching out for yourselves so that you also won't be tempted. This is the key. Carrying one, another, carrying one another's burdens. In this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Carrying one another's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of love. You will fulfill it as you carry one another's burdens. This is part of the reason that there is no solo Christianity. Yeah. We, just, we were never meant to pray a sinner's prayer and go, you know what, I don't need people in my life. I question that. Because the Spirit of God at work in you should be speaking to you saying, you know what, you need people. Carrying one another's burdens. If you're carrying a burden, you're not meant to carry it alone. And in fact, if you see a brother or sister carrying a burden, you know, well, you're the answer. Maybe you're the answer to stand with them. And in this way, you fulfill the law of love. You fulfill the law of Christ. That's raw and real. Isn't it? Someone's going through stuff, and instead of going, hey, how you doing? How you doing? I say good. Yeah, good. See you next week. You say, how are you really going? Do we love our God? Are we willing to carry one another's burdens? That's raw and real. In 1 Peter 4, another example, verse 7. 1 Peter 4, verse 7. The end of all things is near, Peter writes. Therefore be alert, sober-minded in prayer. And above all, maintain constant love for one another, because love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaining. Just as each one has received a gift, use it to serve others as good stewards of the very grace of God. If anyone speaks, let, him, let it be as one who speaks God's word. And if anyone serves, let it be from the strength that God provides, so that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ in everything. There is a commitment here to love beyond when I feel like it. It's a decision. Just as Jesus made that decision. Yet, not my will, but your will will be done. God's agape love is a decision. When every part of me is grating, when every part of me doesn't feel like it, you know what? Yet, I will. Yet, I will love. Yet, I will pray. Yet, I will help. Yet, I will serve. I was talking to a group of pastors a week before last, and you know, there's a common thing that's happening right across the body of Christ. Not just in Bundaberg, but in all over the, the Western world in particular. It's hard to find people who are willing to serve. It's true. And I'm not talking about just serving like mean mundane things, putting out chairs, but that kind of helps. But serving in all kinds of ways. Whether it's speaking or whether it's helping, all kinds of ways. As Peter says, the very grace of God, whatever God's grace gives upon your life, use it to serve one another in love. For we live in a world that's so me-centered. And so we, we miss opportunities to serve one another in love. I am an absolute believer in the fact that there's only programs in local churches because the body of Christ is not automatically doing things. 
me, I believe that we only have a care ministry because the body of Christ is not caring for one another. So we leave it to five or six people to do the caring. I mean, please, don't you see me, there's more people doing caring than that. I'm just trying to use an example. I remember talking to a Bible college uh, principal, and I remember saying this a long time ago, that he was convinced that the, the main reason the Bible, that there were so many Bible colleges that existed was because the local church had forgotten to go and make disciples. And they struggled to know how to make disciples. So they just sent them off to Bible college because that was the easiest way to go. I believe there are only so many programs that, that, that happen because we, because the, the automatic or the organic overflow of Christ in us is actually not happening. We have to partner with Christ, amen? He's looking for people who are willing. And the question is, are we willing? In Romans 12, I hope this is all right. Is this all right? Romans 12 says this. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Now, that's, that's for a real. Yeah? If someone is rejoicing, don't get all jealous. Don't get all competitive, but gather around them and go, this is awesome. I can rejoice with you. This is so good that God has opened this door for you. This is so good that this opportunity has come. This is so good, amen? But then the opposite is also true. We with those who win. Who's struck? Who's gone through You gather around them and you stand with them. That's more real. The stuff that we go through. The things that happen. So where God says, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who win. And it goes on to say, and well, actually before it says, in verse 13, it says, share with, the, share with the saints in their needs and pursue hospitality. Share. Share with those in need. That's the heart of God, isn't it? Share. Not keep, but share. Give. And practice hospitality. We've got a good opportunity to do that before we stop Practice hospitality. That's Romans. We can turn back to Galatians again. We'll go back to Galatians in chapter 5. And we read this from verse 13. For you are called to be free, brothers and sisters. Only don't use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but instead serve one another in love. For the whole law is filled up in one statement. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bind and devour one another, watch out or you will be consumed by one another. You are called to be free. But don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Don't use your freedom to just focus upon yourself, Paul says. But instead use it to serve one another in love. Serve one another in love. Use it to serve one another. And in James, we read this. In James chapter 5. Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. That's a good one. If you're struggling with something, you know, I, I remember, and I've shared this before, about someone who came and asked for prayer. And as I prayed for them, the Lord showed me something in their life. And 
that was a hidden thing. You know, that, that night they brought it out. That night they confessed. That night they were healed. That night they were whole. That night there was no condemnation. That night they were set free. That's raw and real too. Say, will you pray with me? Will you walk with me through something? I've been struggling with an area in my life. I need someone to walk with me. It's raw and real. One of the things I think we have to understand in this is that that we have to understand the love and the heart of God. Because he is good. Jesus has paid the price. Amen? He has paid the price. We can be raw and real. We can be authentic because he is good. We, We can do life together. We can share life together because he is good. He is trustworthy in every way. So to be raw and real is not for the sake of it, is it? It's not just for the sake of it. But it's but why? Why why is God asking us to be raw and real? Why is he asking us to be an authentic community? Why? Loves the truth. I'll be sad, but that the world will know. Yeah. You ready for the rapture? <laughs> Just see breakthrough. Because when because when we roar roar and real, it gives an opportunity for breakthrough. When we roar and real, it gives well roar and real, and it's like down a bit, it gives us the opportunity for healing. When we are raw and real, it gives the opportunity for deliverance. When we are raw and real, it gives the opportunity for victory. It gives the opportunity to overcome. It gives the opportunity to comfort. When we are raw and real, it gives space for God to move and work. The Word of God says to walk in the light as He is in the light. Guess what that means? We're transparent. We walk in the light as He is in the light and we have fellowship with one another. Paul, Paul said to the church in Rome in chapter 14 or 15, he said, put on the armour of light. Walking in the light is actually a protection. It gives the enemy no space to come in as you walk in the light. How cool is that? God has given it to us. And this is what the world needs to see. They're looking for people who are raw and real, who love Jesus, who live for Jesus. So raw and real, amen? This is the essence of John 13. This is the essence. By this, a new command I give you, love one another. What does it look like? What does is, what is the manifest love of God look like in Bundaberg in 2020? I think it looks like serving one another. Carrying each other's burdens. Praying with one another, standing with one another, helping one another, etc. That's what it looks like. And by this, all men will know that you are my disciples. By the love you have for one another. It's raw and real. The measure is Christ, isn't it? The measure is Christ, who laid his life down. 
It says that in 1 John 3. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. We live in a community today that people are broken. People are hurting. My heart is that we would be a, a place of healing and restoration. That's our heart. That's why we're here. It's a twofold problem. On one hand, we go, we say, God, take us deeper. Deep calls on your deep. Lead us deeper. More of you. We need more of you. We need to keep building strong, healthy community. We need to keep being, being more real and more raw. We, we have to keep pressing on in, into authenticity. But at the same time, we need to minister that same love and healing and wholeness into the community of Bundaberg, amen? And then as people encounter the love and the goodness of God, we can bring them into a community that says, you know what, I'm going to stand with you. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to disciple you. That's what we need to see. Disciples. People that have forsaken and taken up the cross and following Jesus. Not just attending meetings, not just attending gatherings. But people that are committed to the cause of Jesus Christ. You know, I think about this as I was praying this week. And in 1, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, you know, and every, well, not probably everybody, but the majority of people here today will probably be able to quote a number of verses out of 1 Corinthians 13. Hands up, who knows? At least a few verses out of 1 Corinthians 13. Yeah. And yet I feel the beauty of the Holy Spirit to say, let me grant these on your heart. So that you don't just recite it, but you live it. If I, if I speak human or angelic tongues, but do not have love on a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal, Where's love? If I have the gift of prophecy and can understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, that's pretty all powerful stuff, isn't it? What, what, what powerful gifts are in operation there? That's why I, I always say, and maybe people don't agree with me, that character comes before gifts in because you can, have, you can prophesy all you want. You can perform miracles all you want. But even Jesus said, away from me, I never knew. Where's the love? Where's the relationship? If I do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions, that's a good thing. Hey, it's not a bad thing. If I give all that I have over but have not love, I gain nothing. And so Paul says this. He says, love is patient. Hands up who needs more patience. Oh, so the people that didn't put their hands up, you need to pray for us after. Because <laughs> you need to impart it to us. Love is kind. The kindness of God. It does not envy. It's not boastful. 
It's not arrogant. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not irritable and does not keep a record of wrongs. Ouch. There is a whiteboard in heaven. God remembers us no more. Says that, right. He remembers our sins no more. In our relationship with one another, do we keep a record of wrongs? Or do we deal with it and get it done? It keeps no record of wrongs. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, it believes all things, it hopes all things, it endures all things. Love never fails. I don't think you want to read that. I think, man, I need more of Jesus. I need more. I need to continue to position myself in humility before Him. That His love and His presence, His power, His glory would manifest in me and through me more and more. When we start seeing these things, when we start uh, seeing the manifestations of these things, we'll not just see a healthy Jesus-centered community. We'll not just see a raw and real one rise. But I believe that the harvest will be ushered in. Who, who wants to see the harvest? Who prays for the harvest? Who shares their faith in believing and participating in the harvest? And yet part of it is that God is saying to us, well, live the way I've called you to live. Be who I've called you to be. You know, there is so much in the New Testament that is about community. Amen? Have you ever done a bit of a study? I promise not to take too much longer. Have you ever done a bit of a study where you just write down different topics? Like healing, evangelism, love, community, for example, maybe a few more, and you start reading the Gospels again, or you start reading Acts, or Corinthians, or Romans, and every time you read a passage on a certain thing, you put a tick next to it. Have you ever done something like that before? It's actually a really good thing to do. Why? Because it shows you what, what is being multiple, magnified before you. There are some things that Jesus only spoke a little about, and there's other things that he spoke a lot about. There are some things that Paul only spoke a little bit about, but there's some things that he spoke a lot about. And one of the things that both Jesus and Paul spoke about was about community. In fact, if we go all the way back to the Old Testament, we'll see God's heart for community. But I'm convinced that his glory is manifested in unity. I am convinced that his glory is manifested in love. I am convinced because the scripture says so. And I think about the early church. I think about the early church in, in the book of Acts, and this is just one example, isn't it? They lived as a raw and real community. They'd been saved by grace. The Spirit of God had been poured out. And it says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to, and to prayer. Something was happening in their hearts and lives, amen. Everyone was filled with awe. Can you imagine what that would be like? And everyone was filled with awe. There was an awe and wonder around the place because of what they'd just seen and what God was doing in their midst. There was an awe and a wonder. And somewhere again, the church today needs to recapture that awe and that wonder of God. 
Because as you become more and more intimate, as you walk more and more closely with him each and every day, you want to start sharing your heart and your life with other people. You do not care anymore about titles. You do not care about positions. You do not care about, you know, even, you know, um, who speaks good of you or who speaks badly of you. That's the way Jesus speaks. But as you become more and more intimate and walking in this way, the only thing that matters is Jesus. And the overflow of that love, the overflow of that relationship is that you want to have a relationship with other people. It's not my head knowledge. It's a revelation. Lord, that your word would come alive. That I would get a revelation of your love. I would get a revelation of your grace. I would get a revelation of your holiness. I would get a revelation of your now. I would get a revelation. I would get a revelation. The music team, do you want to come up? Paul says this to the church in Ephesus. He says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth is named. I pray that he may grant you according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power in your inner being through his spirit, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you, being rooted and firmly established in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and width and height and depth of God's love. And to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge, so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Oh, that we would get a revelation of love. Oh, that we would get a revelation of God's love. Not human love, not worldly love, but God's love. Oh, that the heavens would be rendered, or the heavens are rendered, because Jesus came down. But they would be freshly rendered, and that we would get a revelation of what that love looks like, because his love never runs dry and never. Stuff that happens 
the burdens that you carry. And sometimes you think, what on earth is it all about? The wedding is this. Yeah. I don't want to just see soft sun for the sake of the on screen. In fact, you know what? We just we can have a day when there is no songs on the screen. And the worship team just starts up and we just start worshiping. <laughs> that might be boring to some of you. Come talk to me about it later. No, no, I'm, I'm happy to talk about that kind of stuff. Because it's the out of the overflow of the heart. The mouth speaks. It's out of the overflow of the heart. You cannot, you cannot stand when you're encountering God, when you're encountering his love, you cannot stand and keep silent. Can't. So if you're struggling today, my prayer is that today, today would be a day when you make a decision. We can pray. So then tomorrow you need to make the decision that says, God, I feel a bit dry in my walk. I feel a bit crusty. You feel a bit distant. And I know you haven't moved, so it must be me. Come back. Come back to Jesus. Come back to him. Just let the worship rise. Let the worship rise. Father, anything that we're holding on to that we should take. Anything that's hindering our walk, let it be gone. Any lie of the enemy that's saying you're not good enough, you're a failure, break it off us in Jesus' name. Let us be open to vessels to receive. We read it in Scripture. We read about revivals, we read about transformation, we read about it in scripture, and we believe you can do it again. We read about it in history. Azusa Street, Brownsville, Welsh Revival, Scottish Revival, Isle of Lewis, Africa. The Great Awakening. You've done it before, you can do it again.
We believe it too. Oh, and we're in it together. Oh, and we want to join with other fellowships, other Christians who carry the same heart. We want to display the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. We want to see the glory of God displayed in this region. And when the enemy tries to divide, we say no. We choose love. I think the word that was spoken last week was so good, weary warriors. I felt a bit weary. Who else is still weary? Sometimes you feel like you're walking around some certain walls and they're never going to fall down. And that's when you carry each other's burden. That's when you lift up each other's arms like Aaron and her did to Moses. You say, you know what, I'm going to stand with you until. I pray that we would get supernatural boldness and courage and faith afresh. To see these walls come down in Jesus' name. Let's worship. Thank you.